Good morning. Just one more announcement before I get into the word. Um, most of you, I think, have filled out the um, new address and new phone number. Um, we, I haven't done this for like a year, maybe two. Um, so I've got about 30 of them so far. I think most of you have done it. So thank you very, very much for doing that. If you haven't, I'm going to leave them up here. We do have a church list that we um, send out emails from time to time with just updates on things. And going into the winter, uh, really important to have that list correct and accurate. So we can call you and say, hey, we're having seven services this week. That's you right. want to, you know, amen? Praise the Lord. Amen. Yeah, amen. What he said. Praise the Lord. You know, um, in this last several weeks since Tabernacles, I've been thinking about, excuse me, I've been thinking about just all the transitions that we experience um, throughout our lives, you know. And growing up, we experience the, you know, being an adolescent, and we we discover things about our about our lives, about how our minds develop and how our bodies develop. And uh, later on, we you know, attend college or we attend school and we continue to develop when we experience change and we see the world very differently at times uh, than when we did when we were children. We're starting to see the, some of the trials of life, right, that uh, come about. Uh, we experience all kinds of change. And You know, I was thinking and explaining to a a young man a few days ago about, you know, the watershed moments, about the periods of time where you can discover brand new things, and you know that that is an experience that is forever going to change you and forever going to set you on a new course. And I think every single one of us experiences a few dozen of those throughout our life. And, um, and while I'm talking in the natural, you know, this morning, I want to address you as spiritual sons and daughters this morning. Because the same is true in the Spirit. As we discover Christ, John 3.16, right? For God so loved the world. That the greatest treasure in all of creation came. And he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him and his name and what he stands for in his word and the things he did and the things that he prophesied about, to that person is granted eternal life and salvation. Amen. And so while we're talking about transition this morning, even Jesus himself, the Son of God, went through transitions in life. Yes, he was born uh, the son of Mary through, uh, through a human vessel, born as the son of God. But even as the son of God, he experienced transitions in his life that were forever going to change how he walked the remainder of his life. One of them is described in Mark chapter 1, verse 9. And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized of John in the Jordan. And immediately coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens opened and the Spirit, like a dove, descending on him. And there came a voice from heaven saying, You are my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. That one event 
would change the course of all of mankind. It certainly changed the way Jesus approached his day. God his Father announced from heaven that this is my Son. He also opened the heavens, and maybe for the first time, Jesus was seeing things that he hadn't seen in a while. His throne that he gave up and came to earth. Perhaps he looked into the heavens and saw that again in reminding him after 30 some odd years. And all of the confusion of the day of mankind that has to offer. It says the heavens were opened over him. Meaning that before then, I can only assume they were closed. And it says, and the heavens were open, and the Spirit descended on him like a dove. The Holy Spirit. So in that event, there was a transition that takes place. The heavens, Jesus began to see spiritual things perhaps not previously seen. When we accept Jesus, we, we, we become saved and sons of God. But God's not ashamed to call us sons. That's right. That's right. He announced to the all of creation that this is my son. This one event describes what we go through and what we experience. Jesus is still saying some of those same things that he spoke shortly after. He's saying, come and follow me. Right? Sounds easy, doesn't it? Sounds easy. Sounds like we might uh, be experiencing a change in our life as we have accepted and been baptized as we accept Christ, John 3.16, and then at a later time, baptized with the Holy Spirit. And we begin to discover the heavens being opened, and we begin to discover spiritual sights and spiritual gifts and callings that we didn't have in the previous transitions of our lives. We begin to discover things in the heavenlies. We begin to see things unfold. We begin to see things take place. And then when Jesus said, come and follow me. Well, some might think, wow, okay, my life is going to change so much for the better. It's going to be on easy street. It's gonna, I'm going to be healed. I'm going to be preaching the gospel. I'm going to tell everybody I know about Christ. I'm going to do this. I'm gonna, I probably don't even need to sleep for like 30 days, right? We have these ideas of how charged up we get. His baptism by John represented what happens to us when we're baptized by the Spirit. He went, in a, he went from a physical being, limited by his mind and by his mental understanding and his human faculties, but he came out reborn. And he came out a spiritual being with the heavens, the spiritual realm open to him, and he had direct access to God. And now for the first time, we start seeing things unfold in Jesus' life where he's discovering, for the people around him, seem to be, he's discovering a relationship with his Father. He said, I do nothing but what I see the Father do and what I hear the Father speak after his baptism. 
because the heavens were open to him. And the father announced, this is my son. The same thing happens to you and I. When we receive Christ, we become sons of the living God. Amen? Hearing and seeing what's going on in heaven that, could, that we, he could appropriately deal with the spiritual realm. You see, sometimes we try to deal with spiritual forces in the natural. Sometimes we think that the spiritual realm is exactly the same as the natural realm. It isn't. Otherwise, why would Jesus have had to be baptized and God had to announce, this is my son, follow him? Right? And sometimes we think we can't stand against evil through natural strength or a position of intellect. It requires understanding of the very Word of God. Understanding of how the Spirit works. God said, this is my, my sons walk by my Spirit. Right? So now that he declared he's God's sons, now what? Is he on easy street? Is all of a sudden he has all this power and all this authority and this direct red phone to heaven, right? Growing up, there used to be the red phone between nations. Pick up the red phone, you get the, you get the, you get the president of the nation on the other side of the world. In Matthew 4, it tells us, out of everything that could have happened, what did happen was Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. We've, as individuals, we've experienced that. We've experienced salvation. We've experienced an opening of the spiritual realm and seeing things we haven't discovered before. We hear his voice. We hear his calling. We hear his affirmation and his love for us. But then he was led into the wilderness to be tested. Every single one of you have been tested through hardships, spiritual attacks, accusing spirits, judgmental spirits, lying spirits, spirits of witchcraft, spirits of infirmity, and every other form of wickedness. But you're still standing. You're still here. There's power in that. There's authority in that. There's a statement in that. Now, in this transition that we're in, you're being invited, just as Jesus was, to come out of those places and into the places that Jesus did. In Luke chapter 4, After 40 days of being tested in the wilderness, same as you have been, for some of you it's been five years. For some it's been longer. For some it's been weeks or months. Jesus was tested for 40 days in the wilderness to attack him in every single way to try and get him to give up on what he experienced in that baptism of his father acknowledging, this is my son. 
And it says in Luke chapter 4, verse 14, Jesus returned to Galilee. He returned to his home city in the power of the Spirit. And news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. And he taught in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. And he went to Nazareth, his hometown, where he'd been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue. It was the custom. And he stood up and read the scroll of the prophet Isaiah as it was handed to him. And he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind. To release the oppressed and to proclaim the year of the favor of the Lord. A crossing over. A crossing over of what used to be into something brand new. Where the reason that you were born, where the reason that you were placed in your home city comes into a clearer view and a clearer purpose and you gain a clearer resolve to walk through the trial. Have you wanted to give up this week? What about last week? What about the week before? There are periods of time where I want to give up about eight times a day. I'm being honest. Being honest. But you're still standing. And you're still declaring the word of God. There's power in that. Don't ever forget that he calls you sons. It's a place where the kingdom of God is expanded, transformed, and set in truth. It's a place where the brokenhearted become healed. The poor in spirit become rich. The blind recover their sight. And the spiritual that are those who are exhausted in fleshly weakness become filled with the power of the Spirit. Jesus came out of the trial in the power of the Spirit. You see, in those kinds of places... He was led into the trial. And sometimes we think to ourselves, the devil leads me into trialy places. But according to the scripture, the spirit who just came upon him, open heaven, with God declaring his son, that same spirit led him into the wilderness. Led him into the places of trial. Led him into the places where there was a possibility that that trial would get him to give up his newfound authority and choose a different way. He didn't. He came out in the power of the Spirit. And I want to tell you this morning, as sons and daughters of the living God, the fact that you have thought about giving up doesn't count. Don't let the devil stand in that place to accuse you. You haven't. You're still standing. There was a prophecy and a word released from this house last Sunday that said in Job, Though he strike me and has laid me low, yet will I praise him. That kind of a testimony is proof that God is. That kind of a testimony is a declaration to the adversaries. That my God knows how to deliver me in every situation. Amen? 
Moses said to him in his transition, as he was experiencing his trial, not knowing how it was going to turn out, not sure whether or not he could lead the people into something fresh and new. He said, if your presence doesn't go with us, don't send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and your people if you don't go with us? What else will distinguish us and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth if you don't go with us? You see, originally, he wasn't going to go. Originally, God said, you go up. I've promised you. I've prophesied into your life. I've released my word. I've sent my angel before you. I'm not a man that I should lie. It is for you. Go ahead and go. And Moses said, I'm not going unless your presence goes with me. Otherwise, what would distinguish me and this people from any other person on the face of the earth? You have to know that God is for you in your trial. God is for you in your insecurity and in your doubt, in your uncertainty, in your unbelief, in your places where you have determined, that's it, I'm done. He's still for you. Because Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. He also declared, I will finish the work that I have started. And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing in exactly the way you have asked because I am pleased with you and you know me by name. Remember, Jesus was baptized. The heavens were open. The Father said, I'm well pleased with him. And now here's Moses saying, I'm not going in to receive the promise that I'm inheriting unless you go with me. And he changes God's mind and he says, I will surely go in. Because without me, there isn't any difference between you and the rest of the world. And I'm going to show through you that I'm a living God. Amen? We experienced a holy crossing recently. And we've all crossed over into a new place. An awakening that will continue until the Lord comes was declared in this place. Declared in that event that we're crossing over. We're crossing over into a new place. Not like the old. Not like the transition of how it used to be. Not in the places of Egypt and not in the places of Assyria. Not in the places of Babylon. Not in the places of anything the world could possibly describe as anything new. That's not the crossing. An awakening an awakening, an awakening that will continue until the Lord comes. You see, the purpose of the trial is to get the flesh weaker and weaker and weaker until it's out of the way. And it can no longer rise up on its own to make its own decision. And then the Spirit begins to be stronger and stronger and stronger. And that's why the Scripture tells us 
that after 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness, he came out in the power of the Spirit. The power of the Spirit. You see, the purpose of the trial is to get you stronger and stronger and stronger, but in a very different way than the world would understand. You see, you're experiencing the trial. Sometimes we get angry and bitter and resentful. It's easy to do. Such is the people of Israel on the other side of the Jordan before they crossed over. We get angry and mad, resentful. Is this ever going to happen? But because God is so faithful, because God's word is true, though you've never been weaker in the natural, it's a place where the springs of spiritual water would begin to bubble up from beneath where you are standing in order to be accessible for the people who create God's temple. We move through the crossing and find ourselves on the other side in a place of spiritual strength which begins to come out of the weakness. Joel 3 said, And in that day the mountains will drip sweet wine, and the hills will flow with milk, and the strength of Judah shall flow with water, and a fountain shall come forth from the house of the Lord. A fountain that wasn't there before. A fountain that couldn't be seen before. A fountain that wasn't tangible and touchable before. But the Lord says a fountain shall come forth from the house of the Lord. Crossing over is not the end. Oftentimes we think, okay, if I could just cross over. Right? It's not the end. Nor is it expected to be without conflict. Newsflash, it's not likely to be without conflict. You're going to need to fight. You're going to need to continue to stand. You're going to need to continue to exercise the Word through the release of the Spirit. You're going to continue to be transformed in your thinking and your mind and your heart. Your mind will continue to experience change. Others will come alongside you and declare, I know you want to give up. Me too. But the favor of the Lord is on the sons. Come on. Let's go. This is a time where the first time in Israel's history they started to pursue their enemies. God said, I'm giving you the land but you're going to have to work with me and drive them out. You see, crossing over comes with a new level of responsibility and a new level of authority. When Jesus received the Spirit coming upon him, it changed everything. It changed the way he walked. It changed the way he related to his friends and family. It changed his focus on what he knew we had to do to establish John 3.16. Changed everything. The enemy. God intends you to engage the enemy. Is your enemy bringing fearful thoughts to your mind, or doubt, or insecurities, or fear, or anxious thoughts, or anxiety? Is he bringing to your thoughts weaknesses or past sins that you have done? It's time that we, as the children of God, on the side of the promise, 
engage our adversary and declare the word of God. You see, God intends us not only to cross over, but to cross over and engage and expand the kingdom of God. It's a place where you've proven that you're a different people, radiating the presence of God. You stand in the places. You declare, I'm not going to accept the anger or the bitterness or the testimony or even the rejection of men. And you declare that God accepts me. He announced all of heaven that I am his son. That I have a destiny. That I have a purpose. That I have promises. And it's in that place where the inhabitants of the land, in your land, in the place where your adversary has stayed and tried to prevent you from possessing. It's in that place you discover the strength of the Spirit. You see, it's really not about your strength. Jesus could have gone into the wilderness without being baptized. He could have. He could have just taken a siesta for 40 days without the baptism, gone and fasted and prayed, but he wouldn't have come out in the power of the Spirit. Please understand, children of God, The trial that you have been through has positioned you under the power of the Spirit of God. To understand the Word of God and to declare against your enemies as sons, clothed in majesty, because does He not live inside of you? All of your life up until this moment has prepared you to cross over into a holy crossing to declare the word of God until he comes. And it shall stand. And it will continue to strengthen and it will continue to increase. And the governments of this world will change and be transformed into the governments of God. That's your job. That's your anointing. That's your favor. But you can't do it if your mindset is thinking about the other side, about the things that were, about the adversary who comes to plague you day and night with thoughts and ideas and criticism and false judgments. You have authority over those things. I need to be reminded of that. Okay, I'm a pastor. I've been here for 33 years. It doesn't mean that I have completely overthrown my enemy yet. But the Word of God declares I certainly will. And I certainly will walk in the kind of anointing and the kind of favor that His love letter to us as sons declares us to be experiencing. Isaiah 45, 2, as I begin to close. I will go before you, and I will make the crooked places straight. Have you felt like you're going to, your walk is like a zigzag, and sometimes you walk backwards and forwards and up and down, and you just don't really understand if you're making any progress at all? 
You might be saying, I've been broke for 50-something years or however old you are. When am I going to experience the breakthrough? Oh my gosh, if you really look at the truth in the realm of the Spirit, you've experienced truth for as long as you've been saved. You've experienced the truth and the hovering over of the Spirit to get you to stand. You couldn't have made it this far and stand in the trials without the anointing hovering over you. Isaiah, in his day, prophesied of a future day, and we're standing in that day, that God will go before us and make the crooked places straight. I will break the pieces of the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron, and I will give you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches in secret places, that you may know that I, the Lord, who calls you by name. See, there again, God knows your name. And it's unique, and it's personal, and it's intimate, and it's by the Spirit. That I will call you by name, and you will know that I am the God of Israel. Your enemies are determined by the word of God to walk in their own fear. The places where they tried to get you to cower down and give up and lay in the miry clay and in the mud, It's in that places that are going to be turned around upon the enemies. When Joshua was experiencing one of his trials, wondering, can I lead the people across this river? What's going to happen? He was walking in fear. He was walking in uncertainty. He was walking in doubt. He wasn't sure. You're no different. But let's read in Joshua chapter 5, verse 1, what happened. Now all the Amorite kings west of the Jordan, in other words, on the other side that we are sent to possess, where your enemies reside and where their home is presently, and all the Canaanite kings along the coast heard how the Lord had dried up the Jordan before the Israelites until they had crossed over, and their hearts melted in fear. And they no longer had any courage at all to stand before the Israelites. That's a prophetic word that goes out before you on this day. God intends your enemies to be running in the same fear that they have plagued you with up until this day. This day, this season we're in, this holy crossing, this anointing, that will remain until he comes is a transition period. And it's a transition period for the sons and the daughters of God. If you don't know him and he's pricking your heart, I'm not sure I'm a son. One sure absolute way is just in the simplicity of a child's heart God, I want to know you. I receive you. I accept you. I accept the blood that was on the cross of Calvary that atoned for my sin and wiped the slate clean. And it might have been 2,000 years ago, but to me, it's as happening three minutes ago because of what is happening in my heart. And that's a transition watershed moment. In Zechariah 
Three more scriptures. In Zechariah 10, 11, and I will pass safely through the sea and they, he's talking about you, he's talking about the sons, he's talking about the ones that have stood, it's talking about the overcomers, it's talking about the people who have stood in the hardship and the trials. He's saying they will pass safely through the sea of distress. The waves in the sea will be held back. And the waters of the Nile become dry. What are the waters of the Nile? The waters of the Nile represent the richness and economic powers of their, of their, of their, uh, the day's prosperity. God says that's going to dry up. The pride of Assyria will be crushed. What's the pride of Assyria? It's the resilience on ungodly strength. This Assyrian army relied on their own strength of numbers to come against the people of God to attempt to destroy them. They were relying on natural strength and natural armies. And God said that is going to dry up when it's, when it's positioned against you. And the rule of Egypt... What is the rule of Egypt? It's the bondage of life that comes and brings the doubt and insecurity and the bondage to the past and the bondage to demonic spirits. He said that will dry up and it will end. Now let me read the whole thing without me adding my notes. They will pass safely through the sea of distress for the waves of the sea will be held back and the waters of the Nile will become dry. The pride of Assyria will be crushed. And the rule of Egypt will end. And I will make my people strong in my power, and they will go wherever they wish. By my authority, I, the Lord, have spoken. Deuteronomy 31.8 Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord is the one who goes with you. He will be with you, and He will neither fail nor forsake you. Hallelujah. My most favorite scripture that I've been thinking about for even days and weeks is what Jesus declared in Luke 10, verse 18. He's trying to communicate what is happening in spiritual realm to the disciples, much like I'm trying to uh, describe here what God is doing in the spiritual that we might understand what this crossing is all about. And what's available to us. It isn't just hanging out in a palace on the other side. There's warfare over there. And there's needing to fight. But you're going to be fighting with weapons that are fresh and new and powerful. And amongst the strongest that God himself has ever released. Ever. And when Jesus was trying to describe what was happening in the Spirit, he said, Behold, listen to me. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. And you can walk among the snakes and the scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. Don't rejoice in this, that you have the power over the evil spirits, but rejoice because your names are written as children of God in the books and the archives of heaven. That's something to rejoice over. He said, you will crush the serpents and the scorpions. What are the serpents and the scorpions? 
In Jesus' day, they were types and shadows of demonic spirits that are among the strongest. Demonic spirits come in ranks, in different orders of governments. But he was talking about the strongest ones in those days because the scorpion and the snake both have venom. And they both, when they attack its prey or its victim, and they inject that, that venom into the victim, oftentimes the victim dies. And Jesus was saying, over the demonic spirits, even the highest ranking ones, even the ones that are the most dangerous, even the ones that are the most prevalent, even the ones where other spirits stay away from them, where other spirits run the other way and shun because of their awesome power, over them, your destiny is to crush them under your feet. What an amazing statement. What an amazing statement of the authority of the believer. The authority that comes upon the sons and the daughters of Jesus Christ. What an amazing statement that he made. I want to read it to you one last time. And I saw Satan fall from heaven as a flash of lightning falls from the sky. And I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy that you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them and nothing by any means will hurt you or injure you. But don't rejoice in this just because you have power over evil spirits. Rejoice because your names are registers as citizens and sons of God in heaven. Amen. Thank you, Father. Holy Spirit, write this upon our hearts this morning. Bypass. Bypass our mental intellect, our resistance, and write upon our hearts, Father that this word would become flesh of how you see us, your love for us that endures, your grace and mercy follows us all the days of our life. And we thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Sean. For those of you who have been watching, blessings. If for any reason we were dropped on Facebook, make sure that you have access to YouTube because that's something that they don't mess with presently. So we bless you and we love you. Let this word be rich within your heart uh, and watch it become fulfilled.